T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Lawrence here with you until 2 o'clock. This hour is being brought to you by CarX Tire and Auto. Online at carx.com. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Previously on the Lawrence Holmes Show. I think that there is room for those who want to be better and want to learn about someone else's experience. That there's the opportunity there to show those people grace. Josh Donaldson is not one of those people. He doesn't deserve your sympathy or grace. He's a bad guy. And there's multiple examples of it. This time it rises to the level of bigotry and racism, but it's clearly not that far of a leap for that type of person. What I wish is that whenever people of color, and in this particular case, black people, share their experiences with you, that you're not so quick to try and discount and discredit them. And that's what's ended up happening over the last 48 hours. Make me a bicycle clown. Looking at you, John Heyman. Face drop! Welcome in. My name is Lawrence Holmes, and I'm here with you until 2 o'clock. On the show today, we are going to do top five hockey sweaters in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. Not of all time. I don't want to hear from any Blackhawks fans. Y'all not in the playoffs. So we'll talk about that. Dan Roan will join me in a few minutes. I'm looking forward to talking with him. And we're going to talk about the White Sox as they get ready to start this series with the Boston Red Sox. We'll get into that immediately. After a timeout, you're listening to The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. This thing happened. Yep. Right on, on Saturday. Yep. And then you win two games the next day. And we'll look, was it a galvanizing moment for the White Sox? Did it bring the team together? Is there any validity to that sort of discussion? Yeah, of course. I mean, when you do something to a, a team and then nothing happens out of it, you know, that's like not a championship quality team to me. Joe Kelly was in studio with Parkins and Spiegel yesterday. I would implore you to go back and listen to all of it. 
But for our purposes and the amount of time that we have, they did a rapid fire segment with him as the White Sox get ready to open up against the Red Sox tonight over on the south side. I think you'll enjoy the rapid fire version of Joe Kelly with Parkins and Spiegel. Who's got the arm on your pitching staff that you wish you had? Ooh, I'm not going to say it because it's just going to toot his horn. Uh, let's go with uh, the lefty version of myself. How about Aaron Bummer? Oh, there you go. What was the first one, Liam? <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Because he could throw a four-seam fastball. That's all I've ever wanted to do. That's, that's all you've okay. ever wanted. You don't want to can't do open a door. Liam's... Dang it, Liam. <laughs> That's the thing. He's arrogant enough, but, yeah. he, but he, can't he can't open, open a damn door. Yeah, yeah. All right. They don't have those in Australia. What would you think of Kopech yesterday? Special. To do that after two hours of sleep just goes to say that guy's one tough. One tough. His mental, he's like, he's one of my favorite. I, I, I knew him as a young guy when I was in Boston, obviously before the sale trade. But now he's just taken another step, and he's talked to the right people, and he's let things go. Um you know, not worrying about too many things. And that's very, that's cleared him up and took him to the next level of elite. We asked Lucas this, who has the best stuff? Like pure stuff. Dylan sees. Dylan sees. Yeah. Th- I mean, Dylan sees. the way everything spins, right? Everything. It's, it's incredible. I mean, have you seen a slider? That's Lucas that's talking Lucas about, said to us. Talking yeah, about yeah. the slider. Okay. I was like, okay, yeah, dumb question. That's his worst pitch to me, I think. <laughs> his 70 mile an hour changeup's incredible. What's to be learned these days from watching the way Johnny Cueto is getting scoreless innings right now? If you could pitch and mess up timing, that's the key to the game. It doesn't matter how hard you throw. You know, I've thrown many fastballs at 9900 that have been smoked. Um, <laughs> he just locates, and, you know, he's an artist out there, and, and it's fun to watch, and he competes. He, he still competes at 58. Johnny Cueto has been terrific in his first two starts as a White Sox pitcher. I don't know if it can last, but he's upsetting hitters' timing, so if you're doing that, you're probably going to be successful. We'll see if... if American League hitters catch up to it. Stuff that Kopech is doing is terrific. I love the start on Sunday night. I love him being on a huge stage and doing it that well as well. There'll be more on this series coming up on the show. We got to take a timeout. Why? Because I want to spend as much time as possible with Dan Roan. Dan Roan is retiring later on this week. I interned for the man, so I'm excited to talk with him. We will do that next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Can we just talk about some of the magic that really made this team work this year? And the one thing that comes to mind for me is defense. Man, those guys can play some deep. Well, they do. And, you know, this whole championship run was predicated on defense. That's what uh, Phil Jackson went after. It started with Johnny Bach who was the defensive guru of this basketball team for a couple of years there during the championship run. And it's just continued. And these guys really take such pride in playing their defense and in stopping other guys. I mean, there's a lot on the line. Every time they go out and play somebody with a little bit of a reputation, they sure shut down Carl Malone in the second half of that game six. 25 years ago at the rally in 1997 for the Bulls winning their fifth championship, Allison Payne and Dan Roan. It's great. It's really great stuff. I had just started working there as an intern. Like, like fresh. And they were like, 
Go to the Birdo Center and stick a microphone in front of Michael Jordan's face. Okay. Great. Dan Roan has been an institution of professionalism in sports casting for four decades over at Channel 9. He's nice enough to join me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello, Mr. Roan. How are you? What's up, Lawrence? Thanks for having me on. I just want to say this. I'm happy we didn't destroy your career before it even started. No, are you kidding me? Like the, the stuff I was able to learn with that crew over there back in, in 97 and 98 helped propel me in, in this in this business. So uh, it, it's a sincere thank you that I give. I, I want to know, like, look, I, I know that whether it was you or Rich King, like you guys, you two guys specifically have been like, oh, you know what? I'm going to retire. Oh, I'm going to retire. And we, we, we hear it all the time. Oh, you know what? Get ready. I'm going to be out of here soon. What made you decide that now's the time to walk away? Well, in in terms of Rich King, he said it for 10 straight years before he finally did it. He so, really did? <laughs> he did, yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't drag it out quite that long. I actually, Lawrence was going to do it last year, and then um, I was kind of not coerced but asked to stay on for another year. And, and, uh, and what are you going to say? No, after all the stuff WGN has done for me, so – of course I did, and then I was supposed to be finished in February, and we said, uh, you know, I'll I'll stay on for three more months to try and, uh, you know, help get through whatever playoffs we might have in terms of hockey or basketball, and then the start of the baseball season, and that would pretty much be it. So uh, that's where we are. Thursday is the last day. What's on the list of things that you've covered throughout four decades at, at Channel 9 that – that comes first to mind when thinking about your career there? Well, if you look, I, you'd have to say, if you look at it um, kind of in totality, it's got to be the Bulls, right? I mean, my first year was 1984. I started in February of that year, and then Michael Jordan was drafted uh, in June. So uh, he and I came the same time. And I can still remember going up to uh, Angel Guardian Gym there on the north side and being the only guy at practice and talking to Michael Jordan on the side. Uh, this was in preseason before they even started playing games. And uh, we'd seen what he'd done in the Olympics and what he'd done in the NCAA tournament. Nobody knew exactly what they were getting, of course. And then it didn't take long for us to find out. So being around MJ during all those times and, and winning the six championships and and everything that went with it for us, you know, we had all those games on the year um, from 90, well, actually from the late 80s on. So um, we were a big part of it at our station, and we were proud to be a big part of it. So I would have to say uh, overall the whole Jordan slash Bulls era would be the, the, the number one thing I've covered. Was there something that you felt that the Last Dance documentary left out that should have been shared with everyone? Um, I don't, I, I'd have to sit down and think about it, but I think they did a pretty good job of, of getting through most of it. And, you know, you just have to keep in mind that it's through Michael's perspective. It's really not so much through anybody else's. So there, there are some people that would dispute some of what was said in there, but I think by and large, I thought it was great. And, you know, obviously at the time that it aired, uh, the whole country needed something like that and, and they got it and everybody watched it. 
No, there's no doubt about that. Talking with Dan Rohn, his last sportscast at WGN Television is this week. So make sure that you tune in to see Dan do his thing. For so many years, for decades, WGN Television, Cubs baseball were synonymous. What was it like to have that relationship end? And what was it like to finally see that team win a championship? Uh, as far as the relationship between the station and the team, uh, it was horrible to see it end. I mean, uh, it was a, you know, we had been cut back by that point. Uh, you know, when I, when I was there for most of the years, I was there, we did 150 games and then it went to 80 games because we started sharing with, uh, Comcast Sportsnet, And then, uh, by the end, uh, the Cubs were, I I would say, trying to ace us out completely, but they wound up giving us 45 games a year for those last couple of years. So, uh, you know, we were weaned, a little bit weaned off it. But uh, I, I remember vividly, in fact, I was just looking at some of the tape the other day of uh, that last game that we did in St. Louis on that Friday night, uh, two days before the season ended back in 2019. And Man, what a what a bittersweet moment uh, for everybody. I mean, we had it for seventy two years, seventy two years, and then we got zip. So when they win the World Series in in twenty sixteen, after you've covered so many managers and teams and teams that came <laughs> close w- w- to winning a championship, what was it like for you to see them win it? You know, it was funny because. Obviously, I was in Cleveland, and, you know, we all know what happened. Uh, they blew the lead, and then they had the rain delay, and then they had the speech by Jay Hay, and then they went out and won it. Uh, when the ball was caught at first base by Rizzo, I was sitting in a room underneath the stands at the ballpark in Cleveland with – two octogenarian ladies who couldn't have cared less who won the game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, you talk about an anti-climax. You know, we couldn't be on the field because, you know, Fox has rights to the games and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, (laughs) it was a total anti-climax. But, you know, once we got out on the field and, you know, got a, a chance to experience the celebration. And even though it started pouring down rain a few minutes after we got out there, it was, it was quite something. And um, I will admit at that point, that's, that's the last team in town that I had not seen win. Everybody else had a championship by then. So uh, I was, I don't know how you'd say, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it, I guess I would say. It's funny, isn't it, that, that that mystique about the Cubs was always that, you know, they came close, but they couldn't quite get it done. And then they finally got it done, and then what, you know? Then what happens? Then you kind of go through this, this stretch of time where you're <laughs> thinking maybe they'll win again, and now you kind of find yourself in the place that they were 10 years ago, which no Cubs fan is happy about. Well, you know, if you think about it, I mean, they're down 3-1 to one in that series to Cleveland and an incredible comeback to win it. But uh, the next year, you know, things had fallen into place in 2016. They'd gotten some breaks and made some breaks for themselves. But in 2017, remember there, there was a rainout in the 
Washington series and the schedule got backed up and they finally beat the nationals and had to jump on a plane at four o'clock in the morning and go to LA. And they had to stop in Albuquerque because somebody had a panic attack on the plane and they didn't get to Los Angeles until God knows when. And then they had to turn around and play the next day. So they were automatically behind the eight ball. Now that kind of stuff didn't happen in 2016. So uh, they had, in some respects, had the deck stacked against them a little bit. But by that point, L.A. was a better team than they were. Plus, there were a couple of decisions made in that Dodger series that probably could have gone a different way, too. What's so special about WGN television? Um, well, for me, right off the top, it's the people. And, you know, I've been through – you know, how many iterations of management and uh, news people and sportscasters and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. There's a culture over there. It's it's so much uh, like a family. You know, uh, we are we were corporate owned and we are corporate owned right now. But um, it's been such a welcoming place that I think even the Tribune and now next star, I think they're smart enough to kind of have left well enough alone. You know, they just kind of uh, let the culture breed over there. Um, you really had to try hard uh, to get fired at WGN. I'd have to think really hard about somebody who was actually let go in the middle of a contract for doing something. Now, there have been some, some people have not been renewed, but um, you know, they they hired good people for the most part, and they. And I think the people were kind of assimilated into what's going on over there. Uh, we really bill ourselves as Chicago's very own television station, and that's what we are. You know, we're not owned by ABC or NBC or CBS or Fox, and I think it makes a difference. When I think about your delivery as a sportscaster, the word "smooth" comes to mind. My my former EP Herb Lawrence always calls you Silk Man because you're smooth. With your delivery. That was a Hawk Harrelsonism right there. Right? <laughs> Silk Man. Uh, That's where that started. So, so I'd love to know, when did you feel comfortable in who you were and who you were presenting to the audience? Well, um, the station I came from in Champaign, WCIA, uh, we were enormous. We are the only... VHF station down in that part of the country. So uh, everybody watched us. We had a staff meeting down there one time and, and the owner of the station came in and said, uh, first off, I want to say we have a 56% share of the audience at 10 o'clock. Uh, we're the only station in the nation that has that kind of audience. And then he said, we're halfway to our goal. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. It was really funny and a great line by him. But uh, so, you know, we had, I kind of had that confidence from where we were. And we'd done a lot in Champaign. It wasn't just like a run of the mill station. We did Illinois football and play by play and Illinois basketball play by play. So I had done a few things. Um, but I'll never forget the first story I covered at GN. Uh, it was a tennis tournament over at UIC. And John McEnroe was playing, and it was like 
whatever, 920, and sports was getting ready to come on. So uh, Bill Frank was our sportscaster, and he tossed it out to me. We flipped the light on, started talking, and McEnroe immediately started screaming at us. We were on the catwalk on the east end of the UIC Pavilion, (laughs) and they stopped the match, and we had to turn the thing off, and I was stuttering for words. It was horrific. I said, they're going to fire me before I get back to the station. Uh, But, you know, after that, um, one thing about GN at that point, they didn't really have, you know, Frankie was kind of on the way out, and he he wasn't that interested in doing it. And really there was nowhere to go but up. So I was confident in the fact that I could help them at least raise the bar a little bit and had some great people working there. And as it turned out, uh, I think we did okay over the years. Is there anything that you're like most proud of that, that you accomplished as, as the lead person over at Channel 9? Oh, man, I, you know... All right, you know what, Dan? This is not the time for you to be humble. All right, like you. Well, let me see. What's the greatest thing I've done? You're pretty great at this I... broadcasting thing. It's why you did it for 40 <laughs> years. So there's got to be something in there. Well, I will say this. Now, I went up. I was hired to be a sportscaster on the news, so that's it. And I'd done some uh, some limited play-by-play on the Illinois stuff down there, mostly as an analyst, not so much as play-by-play. So. It's September in my first year, and things are going crazy. The Cubs, it wasn't my first year, it was later on, I guess. I get the years mixed up, but um, that's probably, well, it was 88. So I'm walking down the hallway, and it's a, or it's a weekday, and Arnie Harris is walking the other way, you know, and he, hey, what's going on? I go, nothing. He said, what are you doing Saturday? I said, well, nothing. I said, I'm doing the news like I always do on Saturday, and he said, uh, you're doing play-by-play on Notre Dame football. You and Paul Horning are doing the game, and John Mengelt's going to be on the sideline. He said, that's what you're doing Saturday. And it wasn't like he asked me if I could do it or if he asked me if I thought I was good enough to do it. He just said, you're doing it. And uh, so, you know, I had a, had a meeting with Lou Holtz on Friday, and we went over and did the game on Saturday, and we wound up doing five more. And they won the national championship that year. So we had a million people watching us all the time. And uh, just the point of all that is the fact that, you know, I've gotten to do so many things at GN. Uh, I grew up as a kid in Iowa listening to Cardinal games on the radio because we couldn't get the Cubs and we were too far away. Uh, So I heard uh, Harry Carey and Jack Buck do all these St. Louis games. And the year after the Notre Dame stuff, Harry goes into the Hall of Fame, and Arnie says, oh, by the way, you're doing play-by-play on the Cubs-Dodgers game on Sunday because Harry won't be there. And, you know, I, after I picked my jaw up off the ground, I started uh, thinking about how I was going to do this. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough uh, when uh, Harry passed and Chip came in, and he was working for Fox on the weekends and couldn't get out of his deal. So I had not had to do, I was allowed to do, uh, all those weekend shows and doing the game. So I did Kerry Woods first game with Stoney and I did all those uh, games during the great home run race with McGuire and did Sammy 66 then the Astrodome that final weekend of the regular season. And uh, then when the Bulls got good, I probably did 
10 or 12 of the Michael Jordan's games as a play-by-play guy. I mean, it's insane, the stuff I've gotten to do. It's a really, really incredible career. Uh, Sincerely, Mr. Rome, I want to thank you for what you did for me, what you and Harry and Krista and Rich and Ike all did for me when I was an intern. I, I carry a lot of lessons from my time as an intern, and I try to share them with my students and interns that I have now. And I wanted to say thank you for being a real pro and being great at your job and, and serving as an example of how to do this. Well, I appreciate that very much. And, uh, you know, that's one of the great things about this as we get a chance to mentor people. And we've had a lot of interns uh, do well in their careers after they left. And you certainly are at the top of the list. And uh, we're thrilled for you. And we're very happy you were with us. And if we did contribute to any of that stuff, we are glad that we did. I'm glad that you did, too. Now now all you get to do is hit the ball straight for the rest of your life, and, and that's a good thing. Dan, congratulations on an incredible career. Lawrence, I appreciate it very much. Great to be with you. And, uh, you know, we're not going away anywhere, so we'll be around. Good. I like hearing that. That is Dan Rohn. You can check out his last sportscast this week on Channel 9. He will be missed over there. He's a wonderful broadcaster and a really great dude. And I learned a lot from him, and I'm glad that I'm glad that he is accepting of the roses that he's getting because people love that dude, and for good reason. Back after this on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.